Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we have something different to offer our radio audience. Usually once a year, Pastor Harris answers Bible questions from his congregation. Since our pastor is known for his dry sense of humor, this series is known generally as Provoke the Pastor. Please listen as Pastor Jim gives biblical answers to these questions in today's portion of this week's message entitled, Pastoral Popery. Now, the people who will tell you you should be buried or your body should be buried um, will typically say that the reasoning is that shows more respect for the body and the fact that it will be raised. All right? I understand that reasoning. It just doesn't carry any weight by way of making something into a command. I have uh, actually read this, not nearly as often, but I've also heard the reasoning that, uh, you know, you'll return to dust. You came from dust. God made Adam from the dust of the ground, and to dust you will return. And I have actually heard the reasoning that cremation expedites that process of turning the process into dust. So maybe you're a better steward if you don't have to wait a hundred years for your body to decompose or however many, however long it takes. But if you think about this, um, bodies buried a thousand years ago, uh, especially without any sort of embalming or use of a crypt of some kind, they are completely disintegrated. You, you couldn't find a, a trace of them. Or how about the bodies of all those who died in the flood? You, you can't go scoop a cup of water out of the ocean and do an analysis and say, aha, my great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather died off the coast of Hawaii in, in uh, 1512. That, it, it just becomes crazy when you start thinking that, there's, that there is some sort of a responsibility on our part as if we have to take care of molecules so that God can do his work of, of resurrection. He created you in the first place. He can recreate you, which is what resurrection is going to be anyway. And interesting, it says in Revelation 20:13, in getting ready for the great white throne judgment, it says, the sea will give up its dead. Now, promise me, I promise you, somebody buried at sea, as we, as we call it, if it's been very long, they're not around. Okay, it's been eaten by the big ones and then the little ones and, you know, the little ones eaten by the big ones. Um, it, it's not a problem, all right? Nothing will prevent God from being able to resurrect bodies of believers and unbelievers alike. So, the decision for burial or cremation boils down to uh, 
something that falls in the realm of the gray area. It's a matter of Christian freedom, if you will. And I suggest it's far better to think about it in a setting like this than it is when you get the call that says there's been a terrible accident and all of a sudden you have to decide your theology on dead bodies. Uh, So it is well worth thinking of it. And I I would recommend that any family contemplating this issue should uh, pray for wisdom and they should follow the conviction of their, uh, the results that they find in their wisdom. Now, uh, I intend for my body to be buried. I even know what my address is anticipated to be. The, 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 the plot is there waiting for me to show up. Um, but I also understand I don't get the final vote when that happens. You realize that? Not one of you can guarantee what's going to happen to your body. The very best you can do is say, here's what I would prefer be done, or here's what I would prefer uh, not be done. So how do you apply this in the body of Christ? We honor and we support the decision made by anyone in our church family. And if there is one of these alternatives that, um, that you just can't stand, don't do it. That would be the best thing I could, um, I could say to you. All right, let's change subject totally yet again. Here's one. I I promise I've never been asked this one before. At a prominent church, I don't think it's this one, there is an elder who does plastic surgery, including breast implants. Doesn't this send the wrong message? Isn't plastic surgery worldly and sensual? If not... How do we draw the line between appropriate cosmetic surgeries and inappropriate ones? Well, here's another one that lands squarely in the category of the Bible doesn't say. There were not very many plastic surgeons in the wilderness when Israel left Egypt. Nevertheless, uh, there are principles in Scripture which we can apply. Now, cosmetic surgery is a legitimate medical specialty. I am actually quite pleased that a doctor in an emergency room um, about almost 50 years ago now chose to call in a plastic surgeon to repair the damage that had been done to my face in a softball accident. It would be difficult to imagine being less handsome than I am after all of these years. But it, it, there was something that would have left permanent damage if it hadn't been fixed uh, the way uh, that it was. Now, that's the essence of the answer to the part about drawing a line between appropriate and what might be inappropriate cosmetic surgery. Obviously, Repairing damage caused by an injury. Repairing damage caused by a birth defect. Repairing damage caused by someone who has suffered severe uh, burns. Uh, Clearly, that's an act of compassion. That's an act of 
kindness. That's a, that's a goodness of the, of the grace of God to allow us to have options uh, like that. I mean, these, these two knees that I have without the surgery that I have had and the surgery I'm planning to have, I would be crippled. Uh, and, and here I go. I can, I'm going to be able to walk around, Lord willing, for a long time to come. So just being able to discern that there are legitimate uses of something, that's an important part of it. Now, that's different from simply choosing to alter your outward appearance, especially if the motive is to uh, draw attention to yourself or to feed sensual inclinations. So I would say that the biggest issue, and especially for a Christian, and especially for a Christian doctor, if um, you would be in a position to make these decisions, the matter of motivation is crucial. And ultimately, it has to be a matter of personal choice and personal conviction. But I would say it would be sinful to make a blanket statement of a doctor's motives when it's totally impossible to know all of the circumstances of all of the patients and the relationship between doctor and patient. You can't know the doctor's motives. You can't know the patient's motives. In other words, it's not ours to make this call. We... uh, we have to decide where um, modesty is uh, is an issue, and that'll come up in another one of our questions as well. Uh, we can't decide for someone else where compassion overlaps with vanity, uh, and we certainly cannot set ourselves up as what James chapter two calls judges with evil motives, and that's in the context of partiality, which is in the context of judging people based on outward. Uh, outward appearance. All right, here we go. I don't think I've offended anybody yet, so let's see if we can get to that. This one came in uh, a few weeks back. Okay, since you mentioned it today, and it was actually about three weeks ago, um, since you mentioned it today, I'd like to hear your comments on getting a cross tattoo, tattoo of a cross, And for that matter, a biblical perspective on tattoos in general. For the record, I have no tattoos, but one I've considered has a cross. All right, we will be doing no inspections on your way out of church today as we think about this. Um, Now, in this one, I dealt with this in some detail during the Provoke the Pastor series back in 2016. You can find that one on our website in the sermon audio, uh, in the sermon library. It's from August 21st of 2016. You might want to listen to that if this is something that you or someone you love is trying to decide. Here's a much shorter version. I submit to you that there is nothing in the Bible as a biblical precedent There's no precedent in church history for believers getting tattoos or performing, and here's a word you've probably never heard of, scarification. That's where instead of uh, injecting ink into the skin, you use um, uh, cutting to produce scarring in the way that you want to create a design. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.